are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. God's Word today. Are you ready for the kickoff of part one of our brand new series called Generous? Can you say that with me? Generous. You notice how the us is kind of highlighted because generous is us. Amen. That's who we are. And this whole series is birthed out of one of our core values here at Fuel Church. We have 10 of them and you can find that all on the website. You go through next steps. We talk about it. But one of our core values is We as a church will lead the way with irrational generosity. We as a church will lead the way with irrational generosity. And uh, this whole series is based around that. I'm so excited uh, for the next four weeks to dive into this topic. And I just want to cut the chase and get right to it. Look at this. Here's what the word generous means. Look at this. A person showing a readiness to give more of something as time as money or time, than is strictly necessary or expected. One more time. A person showing a readiness to give more of something as money or time than is strictly necessary or expected. Let me ask you a question. Uh, who here says, that, that's me, that describes me. I'm giving uh, 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 more than enough. I'm giving more than expected and more necessary. Like, I believe I'm a generous person. Anybody, anybody say that? Yeah, we got some hands up. Cool, cool. Um, how, how many in here, though, would say this? Um, I really would like to be more generous. I really would like to be more generous with my time, with my money. Come on, raise your hand. Like, I have a desire to be more I believe that's the majority in here, right? Um, most people in here have a desire to be generous, but here's the reality. There's a gap between intentions and your reality. There's a gap. There's a gap. And I want to talk about that gap for four weeks. That's what I want to do. Because I believe you guys are great people. I believe you guys want to be generous, but there's some things that are stopping you. There's some roadblocks that are in your way. And that's what I love about God's word because it says so much about our life and how we live and relationships and, 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 and it has a lot to say about our finances. Would you believe that? That God has some things to say. And I'll just, I'll just say this from the beginning. Um, we can become generous because we serve such a generous God. I thought I'd get a few more amens than that. Now, some of you are tensing up because you're like, eh, all church talk about is money. Now, listen, we take one series out of the whole month to talk about your finances. And it's not, or out of the whole year, rather, one, one series. And this, this series is not specifically just giving to the church, okay? It has so much more to do than that. It has to do about this generous life that God has destined for each of you to live, okay? And you're gonna see today, you're going to see today some financial pictures, and you're going to find yourself here in a moment in some category. And we're simply going to take some steps this whole series to help us all live this generous life. Because I know that's your heart's desire, and that's God's heart's desire. So much so that um, in the Word of God, we see that there are many books of the Bible, actually in the New Testament, 
uh, Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven and hell combined. How many know that money is an important part of our life? Yeah, try quitting your job tomorrow and find out how that goes. You need money, right? And God said, I knew they would need money, so I put all kinds of principles, and I put all kinds of stuff in my word to help them manage their money properly. God wants you blessed. God wants you blessed. His his vision for you, his goal for your life is not to be poor. I'll just say that right now off the bat. So some Christians have been taught, well, God just wants me to be poor so so I can stay humble. No, I can be rich and be humble at the same time. Holla at your boy. I ain't there yet. I ain't there yet. But, but, but I can live this blessed life and still stay humble. God wants you blessed. Why? Because we got a big job to do here on earth. And he wants you blessed. He wants you to live a generous life so you can help other people get to heaven. That's the ultimate goal for us being blessed, for us be living this generous life. Someone say generous. So there's this gap. And this gap is caused by many things, including consumer debt, poor financial decisions, priorities in our spending, and living beyond our means. It all adds up to a desire to give, a heart to give to those who are in need. You're moved with compassion, especially around the holidays. You're moved with compassion to give even to nonprofits and maybe even your church. But when you're facing a zero balance at the end of every week, When you're facing a zero balance, or better yet, a negative balance, at the end of every pay period, it's almost impossible to live a generous life. It's almost impossible. The reality of American finances is this. Approximately 78% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Almost 8 out of 10 of you in here are living paycheck. You're just making it from week to week. If If I can just make it week to week, I'll pay the bills. I won't have any left over, but at least I'll pay the bills. Eight out of ten Americans are living week to week. Americans with credit card debt carry an average balance of $16,425. That's an average. Some are more, some are less. Now listen to this. Americans with student loan debt carry an average balance of $50,868. Student loan debt. How many want that student loan to finally go away? <laughs> right? Now listen, approximately 69% of Americans would struggle. They would struggle to cover a $1,000 emergency if it hit your home. An appliance goes out. You need some work done on your car. Look at this. Almost 7 out of 10 of you would struggle to come up with $1,000 for that emergency. Okay? So why are we talking about money? Because it's a part of everyone's life. That's why we're talking about it. And God, through his word, through scriptures, he clearly shows us how important it is to deal properly with our money and how his desire is for each and every one of us to be generous with our money. The Bible has more than 1,300 scriptures related to money and possessions. So in this series, we're going to go to God's word. We're going to go to God's word to help us eliminate the roadblocks to living a generous life. Are you with me so far? Are you with me so far? So I'm going to ask you for the next four weeks, would you, would you just make it a commitment? Would you just make it a commitment? I'm going to be here every Sunday in the month of November. I'm going to be here because I want to learn how to better take care of the money God has blessed me with. And here's what I believe. If, if, if you lean in for these next uh, four weeks, I believe that through God's help, Through God's help, your financial situation can begin to change. 
Because it's steps. It's It's not going to happen overnight. You didn't get in the position you're in overnight, right? It's steps. And so um, I just encourage you to lean in, take notes. We're going to give a lot of scriptures, a lot of points, engage, and uh, let's see what God could do. Could this be the series that changes everything for your family? Could it be? Could Could this be it? So here we go. You ready? It all starts with attitude. Someone say attitude. I heard one, one person say, your attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude determines your altitude, and that can be in any area of your life, your attitude. And, and so um, when it comes to our personal finances, the truth is every one of us are living in a present financial picture, a present financial picture. And so I want to show you four pictures, four pictures here in a moment. They're going to come up one by one from worst or rather from best to worst, from the best one to the worst. I'm going to show you four pictures, and I want you to see what, what, what most likely it represents your financial situation because all of us are living in a present financial picture when it comes to our money. Number one is the beach picture. Doesn't this look amazing? Who wants to be there right now? This guy right here. This guy. Lord, take me to the beach. Lord, have mercy. That looks beautiful. That looks awesome. Uh, It's an amazing beach. Uh, Palm trees. The sun is shining. It's picture perfect. Uh, Everything is good when your financial picture looks like this. Everything is good. This is the the person or the family or the couple that they're debt free. And they're just living it. I mean, when they go on vacation, it's already paid off before they go. Amen. Some of you are like, what's that like? (laughs) Stay with me now. Don't quit me now. Um, um, this, this is the people who, um, without hesitation, without hesitation can help others whenever there's a need. So there's a single mom that they work with and, and they know that winter's coming and she needs new tires. And so without hesitation, here's a thousand dollars to go get new tires without hesitation. These are the people that are financially free, right? This, this is, this is, this is where we all should desire to be. Now picture number two, look at this. This is just a normal picture, beautiful porch, but it's, it's an average picture. And uh, the, the, these are the people there. You're, you're not living the dream, but um, you're not struggling like you used to. Like, like you're not there yet to the beach picture yet, but, but things are okay. And you're able to do some things to be generous, to help others. And, uh, but, but you're not living the full dream yet. It's just, it's normal. And then picture number three, here's where it starts to go downhill. Um, Here's the dark clouds. Here's the storm is coming and you know it's coming because you made some bad financial decisions. You got yourself in the mess that you're in, right? Because most of the time when we're in a bad financial situation, it's usually the person that we see in the mirror's fault. Now, don't tense up on me. Come on now. You, you know how to kill a shout in the church. You talk about people's money and their kids, and they off the bus, folks. <laughs> Stay with me now. Come on. And, and so th- this, is, this is not a good scene. Things, things aren't good. The storm is coming, and you're struggling, and, and you're really living paycheck to paycheck. And, and because you have all these money problems, you have all these relationship problems. Now, 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 if we were to take a camera and put it in your house, we're not going to do that. But if we were, some of you are like, heck to the no, don't ever try to do that. 
we would see the most common denominator, the most common uh, moments of intense fellowship and arguments and tension in your home would be over money. Would be over money. Why are we talking about it? Because we all argue about it. The first 10 years of my marriage, I mean, uh, that's all my wife and I did, right? Because I wanted to spend, and she said something like, we have bills every month. And I'm like, really? But what about my new Jordans? Oh, that's not in our budget. Well, it needs to be. Well, do you want heat on, or do you want new Jordans? And so that didn't work out too well. So there, there was a lot of intense moments of fellowship in my house, and a lot of struggles with money. We, we, we weren't actually at the dark clouds. We were at the next picture right here, and that's when the tornado destroyed everything. And I'm talking about our financial situation. We were messed up. We were in debt up to our eyeball. We were living a lifestyle that we couldn't afford. Am I talking to anybody yet? You're just, I know you're going to be real quiet. I get that. I get that. I'm confident in this message tonight. We were there. It, it, we were stressed. We were behind on bills. We were, we were um, uh, afraid to answer the phone. You know, we were doing that. Oh, someone's called me. And as soon as we heard the, heard the, the voice, it was like, went ghost on them. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, I must have got disconnected. <laughs> no, we hung up. <laughs> we don't want you. But you owe me money. We don't care. <laughs> right? I mean, we were the ones going to the mailbox and scared every time. What's going to be in here this week? Am I talking to anybody? Is that why you're quiet? Okay, just making sure. You guys need anything? Fresh coffee, anything? Cokes? Oh, no, that's next September. Popcorn? No, that's next September. And so, so we were there. I know what that's like. And many of you in here, you're there right now. And the reality is you're either here or you're in the dark clouds, the storm is coming situation. Most of us in here are in one or two of these pictures. There's very few that are at the beach scene. There's some, and there are very few that are living, I'm good, I'm out of the storm, I'm out of the tornado picture, I'm living average, I'm starting to see some dreams become a reality. But most of us are living in pictures three or four, so how do we change our financial picture? How do we do it? Well, we believe here at Fuel Church that God's desire for each of us is that we would change that picture in regards to our finances. That we have the power, we have the tools, and we see in God's word that he can help us change our current financial picture. Amen? A lot of us are living in the dark clouds. A lot of us are in the middle of the tornado. Everything is destroyed. But can I tell you, church, there is hope. There's hope, and I hope today you'll grab a hold of some hope because things can change. I, I know what some of you are thinking. You don't understand my situation. I get it. I get it. You don't understand. It's been like this for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. You don't understand. The moment I give my life to Christ, the moment I start you know, giving to the church, all hell breaks you. Yep, that's usually how it works, right? And, and I get it. We have a variety of different financial situations here. But I believe um, through God's word, he's going to help us lean in so we can change our financial picture. Is, is that all right? Can I just say again, it's not going to happen overnight? Can I say again, we're all about you taking your next step, right? 
Whatever that is for you, each person, their next step looks a little different, but we just encourage you through this series, take your next step. So how do we change? Who wants to know? Two people? Well, the rest of you can be dismissed. I worked all week for this. Four things I want to give you, and then I'll be out of your way. This is just foundation of this whole series, so stay with me all four weeks. Don't quit me now. Number one, we must have a vision. We, if, if we want our, fit, our financial picture to change, we got to have a vision. The Bible says, Proverbs 29, 18, without vision, people perish. I'll say it like this. Without vision, our money will perish. Without vision for our, our, our finances. If we don't know where our money's going, our money's going to run wild. Without vision, people run wild. Without vision, money runs wild. Are you with me? Another translation says, without vision, people cast off restraint, or you cast off restraint, or meaning you'll go your own way unrestrained in your money. your, Your money will just do whatever it pleases, and you'll just do whatever feels good in the moment, without a picture, without a vision. Someone say, you need a picture. Come on, get this today. You need a picture. You need a vision for where your money is going. Most people don't have a vision for their financial future. You don't have it. The reason so many of our financial pictures don't look how we wish they would is because of this. Because of the picture in our minds of near-sighted desires that is clearer than far-sighted dreams. Now let me break that down. Near-sighted desires. That, that's all we see. Whatever is in the moment, Right? Whatever is in the moment that we can't even see the far-sighted dreams. We live for the temporary satisfaction of today. We live for the urges and the cravings because after all, all the clothes that I have are all old. I need something new. <laughs> I didn't mean to talk about you, but we're already here. Don't, don't we, aren't we like that? Most of us are like that. I know I'm like that at times. And, and we crave for, for, for something new and we live for the moment. Listen, if you do not have a vision for your money, it will perish. It'll be gone quick. It'll run wild. You, you, you'll look at the account. Where did it go? I don't know. You don't know where it went. It's running wild. It's running wild because, because you haven't sat down with your spouse. You haven't sat down with your family and said, all right, here's our vision. Here's our, here, here's our goal. Here's the target, the bullseye that we're trying to hit. And because we're trying to hit that, this is what's going to have to get cut out. And those are tough conversations that nobody wants to have. Because we end up living a lifestyle that we're not, we're not willing to change. Well, let's get back to these notes. I've learned if I don't have a vision for where my money goes, it will have a vision for where it wants to go. So, so we, need, we need a picture. We need a vision for our finances. And, and if we need a picture, then we need to frame it up with discipline. Oh, yeah, I just said the D word. Some of you are like, no, don't go there. It's around the holidays. Why are we preaching this series around the holidays? Why can't we do it in the summer? When I'm gone, exactly, you got it, winner, winner, chicken dinner, come to the front of the class. 
I sure do have fun being your pastor. Thank you for all the kind words and the gifts last week. You guys amazed us. Thank you. I forgot to say that. You guys are a blessing. We, we, you see, most people, if I were to ask you, you know what you need to do. Can, I just, can we just be real? We're real here. We're not try to floss it over. You know what you need to do to get out of the situation you're in. But you lack the discipline to do so. You, you lack the discipline. And we all, we all struggle. I struggle with that. You know, we, we, we lack the discipline to actually do it. So here, here's, my, here's my encouragement. Here's your next steps for point one. Point one is we must have a vision. Here, here, here's your steps. Maybe it's time you just sit around the table and you actually talk about it without yelling at each other about your money situation. I know, I know. You, it's hard for you to even imagine that conversation. I know it's going to be hard. But how about you sit down and you start to write out the vision for your finances? How about you sit down with your spouse? How about you sit down with your family and say, okay, here's, here's our target. Here's our bullseye. You know, we really want to get out of debt. So let's start paying one credit card off at a time. Here's our goal. We really want to take a vacation and not be paying for it for the next 12 months. Hmm? Here's our goal. Here's our goal. We really want to go from renting a house to owning a house. Here's, and all the landlords are like, no. I know I got some landlords in here. God bless you. Um, we really want to pay off these student loans that have been hanging over us for years. We really would love to give to others. We really want to be generous to our church and all the initiatives that they're doing. Let, let's get a picture. Let's write it down. And let's, let's see the bullseye. And let's, let's talk to each other. Come on now. Let's communicate over money. If we don't, it'll perish. You'll be in the same situation you are a year from now. But you can get out of it if you start taking steps. Someone say baby steps. Baby steps. You're not going to get to the beach scene overnight unless you hit the Powerball. And if you do, come see me. It could happen. It happened a few weeks ago. I wonder if they're in a church. I wonder if they tithed off that. <laughs> I just dream a little bit. Some of you are like, oh, you would, you would take that money from the lottery? Yep. <laughs> you bet you, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I will take it and put it to great kingdom use and win souls with it and help the hurting and help the lost with it. Come on, somebody. All right, all right, all right. We got to move faster. You guys always distract me at the 11 o'clock. You get me off on a rabbit trail. Here, here's number one. We got to have a vision. Number two, we must have right thinking. Someone say right thinking. Most people have a wrong belief. A wrong idea about money. They, they have a wrong idea. And, and most people don't think that they're the problem with the money situation that they're in. They always look at external things instead of pointing the finger internal. Oh, if I only had a better job, then I would be better off. If I had a better education, if I was raised in a different way. And I understand some of you raised and in, 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 in got some bad learned behavior from the way money was managed or lack thereof, you know, and so, so, and I understand that. Well, if, if, if I'd have more money, if I would have married someone different, look straight at me, ma'am, look, do not look to the left, do not waver, look straight at me, 
Listen, we believe if things would change on the outside, that things would change on the inside in terms of our financial status. But the reality is we must change our thinking. We are the agents of change for our financial picture. Our financial challenges begin and end with us. Proverbs 23, 7, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you always think, I'll never get out of this debt. If you're always saying, I'll always be struggling when it comes to money, just like my mom, just like my dad. If you're always saying, it'll always be a fight just to pay the bills. Come on, you got to change your way of thinking. You got to change your way of thinking. If you're always saying, well, money is evil, it's the root of all evil. No, the Bible says the love of money. You got to change your thinking. You got to change your thinking. If, if you're always saying, I can't stop spending, I just can't do it, I just don't have the discipline to do it. If you're always thinking that, that, that your wife can't stop buying on Amazon Prime, that's a reality for a lot of us. That's a reality for my home right now. Pray for the brother. The struggle's real. Man, it's just such a deal that you get free shipping. That I had to get it, babe. It was free. It, the whole order was free. It was free, babe. Everything was free. No, just the shipping. <laughs> we love to throw that word free first, though. You know, It was free. I, such a deal. Such a deal. <laughs> Praise God. Um, if we believe that our kids always have to have the newest, latest, and greatest to keep up with the Joneses, come on now. If, if we always believe that it's competition when it comes to money, some, some people live that way. That's just a reality in here. Some people live that way. And, oh, the, they got the new Jordans, my kid's getting them. They got the new this, my kid's getting them. They got the new electronic, my kid's got to have it because we got to keep up with the Joneses. If your last name is Jones, don't get under condemnation in here. It's, it's an analogy. God bless the Joneses. So, so number one, we got to get a vision. We got to get a picture. We got to, we got to see it in here before we see it with our eyes. We got to know that God wants us to change that picture. There's reasons why. And number two, we must change, we must have the right thinking. So we got to change our thinking. Number three, we must have the right attitude towards God. This is big right here. We must have the right attitude towards God when it comes to our financial picture. You see, when it comes to the area of our money, it ultimately comes down to one thing. That's called control. We love to control it. After all, we worked hard to get it. Right? We did. We did. How, how many work hard for your, your paycheck at the end of the month, right? Or end of the week? You work hard for it, rightfully so. It comes down to control. And, and, and so what happens is there's this word in the Bible called lordship. Someone say lordship. So, so Jesus came to not only be our savior, but also our Lord. Our savior saves us from our sins, takes us out of the pit that we were in, gives us a fresh start. His grace covers us, amen? But then he wants to be Lord over our life. He wants to be number one. Oh no, one. He wants to be first in our financial picture will never change until we surrender it to the lordship of Jesus Christ. 
till we surrender it to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. How do we do that? I'm so glad you asked. Three ways that we do that. Number one, we acknowledge the sovereignty of God in our finances. Simply put, everything I have belongs to God. Say that with me. Everything that I have belongs to God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that he gave you the breath in your lungs to go work that job to receive that paycheck? Do you believe he gave you the wisdom and the smarts to get that education so that you can make that wage? Do you, do you believe that? Do you believe that everything comes from God? Because th- you, you, got, you got to believe this. You, you, you got to know that he is the one. You have to have a right attitude towards God. Here, here, listen to this. God is not wanting something from you. He's wanting something for you. Write that down real quick. That, that, if you came for church for that, it was it. God, you see, we think, oh, God just wants something from me. No, God wants something for you. He wants you to live this generous, blessed life. He wants something for you. So we acknowledge him. David said this in 1 Chronicles 29, 12, and 14. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of some things. Huh? Oh, I got it. All things in your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now our God. Oh, David said, we give you thanks. We give you praise. Everything. We glorify your name. And he says, but who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. It came first from God's hand to your hand. Are you hearing this today? I'm getting excited about this. So number one, we acknowledge the sovereignty of God in our finances. Number two, we recognize whatever we have is on temporary lean from God. Our job is simply to be faithful with what he has given to us. We're to steward. We're to steward. Someone say stewardship. We're to steward the possessions and the finances he's given us properly okay and number three how do we do that we seek more of god's wisdom and apply it to our finances matthew six thirty three. seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added god doesn't mind that you have things he just minds when things have you he doesn't mind that you get you have a picture for a bigger house a new car a vacation he doesn't mind that you have that as long as the things do not consume you and you make them number one in your life he said i want to be First, it's the principle of the first, and we find it throughout God's word. Number four, I'll close with this. So number one, if we're going to change our financial picture, if we're going to start taking some baby steps, we got to have a vision. Number two, we must have the right thinking. Number three, we must have the right attitude towards God. And number four, we must change our actions. This is where the rubber meets the road right here. Something's got to change. In order for your financial picture to change. There has to be some action. Faith without works is dead. You got to work that thing. (laughs) Work that thing. Uh, Someone came to me a couple years ago and they said, we really believe in God for a baby and we want you to pray for us. And so we prayed over him. And then I said, you know, sir, that the Bible says faith without works is dead. okay you're a little slow but you're worth waiting on 
It's okay. Some of you get it at the restaurant. I almost said some of you get it at Ponderosa. (laughs) Who ate at Ponderosa growing up? Oh, come on. Look at all the hands up in here. Ponderosa buffet. Whoa, we thought, man, this is Jesus growing up as kids. Mom and dad would take us to Ponderosa. Ponderosa. I'm out of time, man. You guys, I'll be back next week, will you? This is just introduction. Listen, listen, listen. Calm down, calm down. We must change our actions. Listen to this last point. We must change our actions. We, we must change it. And we must learn to trust God. Someone say, trust God. trust God. And let me ask you this question. Let me ask you a few questions. Do you believe there are principles in the Bible to help you overcome fear? I not only believe it, but it's, it, they've helped me, right? Can we all agree that there's some scriptures that really comfort us? There's some principles. Do you believe in the Bible that God put principles in there to help you overcome doubt and unbelief? How, how many can say, yep, it's helped me. I got my hand up. Do you believe in the Bible that there are some scriptures that help you in relationships? What about your marriage? Help me a lot. I got to put up with Tara. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She got to put up with me, more like it. What about with your kids? Oh, man, there's been some great things, principles that God put in his word. Everything we need is in his word. What, what, about, um, what about dealing with unforgiveness? Is there, did God put stuff like that in there? Yeah, we talked about that last week. He, he, he set it up for us, but then we have to take some steps to forgive. We have to take some steps to work on our marriage. We have to take some steps on how to deal with fear, right? We, we have to take some steps. So, so, so what about loving others? Did God put stuff in there about, in his book about that, teaching us how to love others? Did he put some principles in there? Then, then, then why do some of us not believe or trust that God wants to help us in the area of our finances? Because he put that in there too. He put that in there too. He put that in there too. And he talked about it more than any other subject in the New Testament. He talked about the area of your finances and your money. He talked about it. But some of us have a hard time believing that. That, that, that why, why would God care about my No, he cares, he cares about every part of you. And he doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. But just like you had to take the step to forgive. Just like you had to take the step to say no to fear and doubt and unbelief, just like you had to take the step to start to repair your marriage, you're going to have to take a step when it comes to your money. Only you can change it. I can't do it for you. Only you can do that. And so I want to help you every week take a step. Is that okay today? Is this all right? All right. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball, you've taken some wrong turns, you've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, And the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer, and I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved, and I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. 
in Jesus' name. It's simple as that, and I encourage you, find a good local church. If if you can get to Fuel Church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here. But find a good church where you can grow in God. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great week.